Hey, hey, no, no worries, no worries at all. Well, all right. um, let me go one second. Do you want to do a countdown so you know where to edit? Do a yeah, sure. Three, two, one, action. Hello, Dylan. Hey, welcome, Elliot. It's good to see you, man. Um, so for right. those of you who are tuning in, this is um, one of my good friends, uh, Elliot Wood, living currently in Melbourne. Um, one of my good friends from high school, kind of. Um, <laughs> never technically, we never technically went to school together, so I'm just making the tea. Yeah. Uh, we never technically went to school together, but our friends did, so we ended up hanging out. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I think we've got a lot of uh, business interests, um, kind of. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell me what you're up to, Elliot? Um, currently locked down because yay mm. Melbourne, COVID, bad aids, all that, all those giggles. Um, uh, yeah, working at a uh, big marketing agency thing um, called Publicis. I work at Digitas, so I run search ads for uh, clients like paid search. Mm-hmm. And then on the side, I don't. I have one project that I've had since uni, just to keep my feet in the water, just to understand what's going on in some of the industries. Um, and then I've got a, another little project that I'm trying to work. It's not really a project yet. It's more of a, could this become a thing mm-hmm. um, with, you know, like Invisalign? Yeah. The, uh, like a clear retainer, a clear aligner. Yeah. Um, we're, I'm working on with a friends to try to build a software to automate the whole modeling process so there oh, right. there's bits and pieces of software that do parts of it but we're trying we're trying to work out is there a way that we could build a software so the person sends their laser scan or their mold and then the computer actually goes cool here's what because <laughs> currently a person has to physically move the teeth and build oh, the, wow. like the structure okay. yeah so we're trying to work out could this be a business because it's, it's currently very expensive i i just hate that things are so expensive and they don't need to be necess- necessarily yeah um but yeah, it, it's very much in the works. It's it, it's not even a project yet. It's like, hey, we're doing some pre-research to see could this become a thing. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty much it. Mostly that, lockdown. Yeah. So tell me about, let's start on that first. Like, so I'm just actually curious, like how, I mean, I'm very lucky, very blessed to be here in Adelaide, you know, where things are very tame, pretty much statistically right now, one of the safest in terms of COVID, like kind of places in the mm-hmm. world. We're kind of the most normal almost in the entire world right now. Yeah. Um, how are things in Melbourne? Um, still not bad. Like, I think I, I, I'm not a doctor, so I obviously can't speak exacts, but it seems that young people, obviously there are downsides. And if you do get it as a young person, the chances are you're going to be completely fine. But then also a certain percentage of people, I have no actual idea. My housemate's a doctor, so she's like trying to give me these stats. Mm. Um, but I don't remember. Um, it's like, there's a bit of, I think there's a bit of fear in the fear in the mm. in the air with regular people. I can talk to my colleagues every day about it, mm. and I think people are worried that if they did get it, they're not. Most people aren't worried about themselves. They're worried about killing someone's grandma or parents mm. or their own. And I feel that that seems pretty real. Like people are. I've only seen it was one couple. So we we've got forced mask wearing now when you're outside of home. That's been in play for mm. maybe two three weeks. Um, and I was walking down Chapel Street, which is one of the like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I don't know, like a somewhat, it's a shopping area. Um, and I've only seen one couple, so two people not wearing a mask in Ooh. defiance. And then they were just hippies. I was like, are they from, uh, what's that fucking place, Nimbin? I'm like, go back to Nimbin, <laughs> smoke your weed. Not if you like smoking weed, good for you. I don't, don't care about it at all. Um, <laughs> but 
it's like, oh, fuck off you anti-vaxxers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a long-winded answer, but there is <laughs> Paint the real picture. The I like it. Well, um, yeah, that's the thing. So, like, um, I mean, with this whole, tw- it's 2020, we were just over halfway through. And, yeah. um, look, like I said, being in Adelaide, really, we're probably one of the luckiest places on earth. Um, and so oh. things really here have not changed much. They did for a while when things started getting all crazy with the whole, like, hospitality, like, ban and all this stuff. Um, you know, you know, gyms banned and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I guess that's probably where you guys are at now, in, in a way, isn't it? You guys can't go out to the gym or yeah, so with, stuff. They opened them up. There was a max of, like, I think it was 20 people per area. So most mm. gyms will have their, like, their weights area, their aerobics area, their cardio area, whatever. And there were, like, 20 people per area. And we only got that for maybe like three or four weeks and then we went back into lockdown. So I actually canceled my gym membership because I was like, yeah, they were like, oh, we'll just come off peak times. I'm like, but I work. I have a job. <laughs> I could only go before work or after yeah, work. Yeah. It's like, okay. It's, yeah. I don't so, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, like Chip the gym them. I go to down here, um, South Adelaide, like uh, they, would do, they were they had like seemingly just uh, signed a contract for like a, a renovation extension to their gym um and then like like literally the the um clot the what is it called like the commercial space next to them in the shopping center was yeah. all empty and they had like got some people in there to start i don't know what they do they've been doing it for ages but like it's all just this white kind of powdery looking space just nothing in there right now ladders and stuff yeah. in there um and i think um like so they, they sent out an email to us as well saying like we don't know what's going to happen like we just literally on like the full offense in terms of our business right now <laughs> and then like now our revenue is just 100 percent gone so yeah. um they were like let's see what happens um and um we, yeah we're back in the gym now um it's so crazy everyone's like super sanitizer like everyone's like yeah. hand sanitizer after everything wiping everything down like they're supposed to be <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and it's like disgusting <laughs> yeah well oh, you know, to be honest here's a, here's a sad reality like one person gets covid and goes to the gym we're all getting covid no matter who's wiping what down you know the, the, there's only so much air in that gym everyone's puffing touching the same stuff you know patting each other you know so um yeah, but um, so like I was, you know, that they came out right here because like we were allowed allowed to go to the gym, they got their revenue back, and they're, yeah. they're proceeding with that whole expansion. But gee, that'd be a tight spot to be in, like full on expansion yeah. mode. Presumably took out a loan to to get all the new equipment and stuff. Now yeah. no revenue, like heavy stuff. So gotta protect your downside, hey. Yeah, I just the terrible. I, I even said to my gym, I'm like, look because i said oh can you just keep my membership paused while this is all happening they're like look we can only pause it for another two weeks i'm like guys i'm gonna come back like eventually this is gonna go back why are you why are they not willing i actually had an email when i was um it's not a flex we email google all the time if you buy a lot of ads on them um with them i was like you're giving me scripted answers i need off script help because we had some oh, ads denied that. for yeah. a charity thing we're running yeah. some charity ads at the moment and I'm like, cool, there's regulations. We understand it. We totally get it. Um, it's to do with children as well. So it's like we need to obviously understand that the mm. guidelines, and we get it, but they're American guidelines. I'm like, guys, yeah. you're giving us the script in the help center, um, uh, but I'm like, I need off-script answers because we, we don't physically have the things that they do in America. Yeah. Like we don't have a different – it's a tax for like a, a charity number. So we've just got ABNs and uh, like or, uh, organization status, mm. according to the government. Um Anyway, and so with the gym, I was like, look, guys, 
I know that your policy says you can only pause for two weeks, which like most people will use if they go on a holiday. And it's like, I think I used mine when I went on a holiday last year. It's like, hey, can you just pause it for 10 days and I'll be back? And they say, yeah, sure, no worries. And you get that once a year. And then, so obviously we've been on lockdown for three months and they say, oh, we're opening back up. You'll be start getting charged in two weeks. And I'm like, but I can't go to gym anytime I want. And they go, yeah, you have to come at off peak times. So I'm like, that's, that's bullshit. Come mm-hmm. on, service us properly. And I went to them, I'm like, cool, can you just to keep me paused and as soon as we can come back to normal start yeah. charging me again they're like no if you have to cancel like you're gonna have to either pay or go away and i'm like why are you risking losing me like do they like charge like a, a, a termination charge to like leave to cancel? No termination charge. so what the fuck i'm like guys <laughs> like, literally just keep uh, me paused potential so revenue you, no revenue yeah. i'll take the no revenue thanks yeah <laughs> yeah and they're like they're gonna have to sign me up again like sure i've got my card and they'll have my profile they can reactivate it but i'm like what if I don't want to go to that gym? What if there's a gym yeah. across the road? Which there's heaps of gyms. They're not here. thinking long term, eh? No. no. I'm like, guys, you're bleeding right now. And I and bleeding. I can see, like, and I know you well enough to know that you're a guy who poor business frustrates you. Like, it's, you know, Ooh. like it's like you're, you're a person who like understands business well enough. The fundamentals is like in business, you try and get money. It's one of the cores yeah. of business. And yeah. it really Sell frustrates shit. you when people like you are holding a handful of money saying, I'll give this to you in a couple of months. And they're like, go away. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't change the policy. I'm like, you literally can change the policy. <laughs> it's like, it's a business. Who, who can change? Is this what we go to our senators for? or what? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, guys, just fuck off. Be, yeah, like hundred percent. Anyways, that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm working out at home. I don't know if I don't know where that question was. Was that am I still going to gym? Yeah, I'm working out at home. I actually, I'll get, I'll wrap it up quickly about this gym part. But um, as soon as we were told we we're going into lockdown, mm-hmm. I did. So we found out on on the Monday. I went to work on the Monday. This is back in March. Like, I think it was March like 14, whatever that, that Monday, the second Monday of March was. And the boss says like, look, yeah, we're don't come into work tomorrow we're going into um work from home mode which is fine because we've got a laptop like it's digital business it's really fucking easy um a little bit harder for the designers and the tech but whatever um and for the first week i was just living my life having fun at home all that shit and then i realized oh this is going for a while and i was like i need to start a challenge because by the Mm. end of covid i'm either going to come out a blob or (laughs) less of a blob look i've put on i'm 98 right now 98 kilos. Yeah, I don't know if you can see. So I got the full dad bod going. Like, you can. You're a thick boy. I am. Yeah, I've done I am the same thick. thing. Now, it's not like I'm not my fittest right now, but I'm not fat. Um, this is like what I would call like muscular dad bod. Um, yeah. So 98. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I started the, the 100 day push up challenge, right. which is just 100 push ups a day every day. And I'm doing it like four days a week. But now it's like we're actually stuck in COVID, so I started doing other stuff. But yeah, long-winded answer. I had to set myself a challenge at the start of COVID to stay sane and not yeah. dad bod too much. Challenge, challenge is um, challenges are everything. Like um, mm-hmm. I think I don't know if it's just a guy. I think I'm sure girls get the same as well. It's like dude, girls did the like sixty-day squat challenge. That shit revolutionized booty. <laughs> I was like, how are you going to describe this? <laughs> Where am I going there? Where am I going? Don't be sensible. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's yeah, it challenges everything. It's like, ch- challenge solves so many problems. It's like, ch- the challenge is like, the model is like, it cuts through accountability. It cuts through yep. like laziness. It cuts through like, like, where is this going? The whole vision of the thing. It's, yeah, it's great. Um, 
uh, challenge business models in like business are awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the charity I was talking about. I don't know what time when this will air, but uh, what day is it today? It's the first of August. Um, so it's this first of October, guys. Yeah. It was first of October. You hear that, guys? But no. <laughs> yeah. um, it was. Uh, it's called September. Uh, so it's it's a challenge to do ten thousand steps a day mm. uh, for the whole of September. Uh, September. <laughs> it's it's for cerebral palsy, and you're obviously meant to get your friends to donate and mm. raise money and stuff. And I'm like, it's really good because you're obviously trying to motivate someone to do a positive thing for themselves, but make it not about yourself. Mm. And yeah challenges they're real popular yeah september really if this is out before then sign up for september do it september yep let's do it september that's interesting so um yeah so when you're saying um when you mentioned a project about like keeping your feet in the water was that the invisalign thing or is that something else no so this is the the sweatproof undershirts that i've yeah. I shared with before we've chatted about um, that, yeah so that that started i'm a really sweaty motherfucker like i i was really fortunate my dad got a job in singapore when i was 16 it was i moved to singapore a week a month after my 16th birthday and so like in, i was in adelaide where dylan lives um and i was like sweaty in summertime and i was i guess i was just coming into like the latter part of my puberty <laughs> and then i was in singapore and it was just hot as fuck it's not the heat it's the humidity and I would just constantly get massive sweat patches under my arms. It was quite embarrassing. Like you're in school, we were obviously trying to, I don't know, hit on people and feel <laughs> feel confident about yourself, or even going for like internship interviews and yeah. stuff like that. Anyway, so a couple of years go by, and I'm like, I need a solution to this. And I started brainstorming with a friend. It was like, what what kind of? I don't like wearing undershirts. I personally hate it. Um, but I was like, how do I make a like a normal button up business shirt, just like a normal button up that doesn't show sweat patches? Like mm. we can't stop someone sweating because it's a healthy thing. You should sweat, get toxins mm. out and whatnot. But how do we stop it visibly changing color? So at least you might be sweaty, but no one's going to notice. Only you're going to know so you can stay confident about yourself. Yeah. Anyway, I go down this rabbit hole. I find a whole bunch of competitors making this, um, this undershirt version. Mm -hmm. And so I buy one of them. And actually, I bought almost all my competitors just to see, like, oh, what's their secret? It's not a secret. It's the fabric that they use in hospitals <laughs> and you put on your toddler's bed to stop them ruining mattresses. It's like the, uh, I don't know, they call them in hospitals, they call them the bluey. They call them what? It's blue fabric. In the, in the shirts, it's white. Hmm. A little, a bluey. They, <laughs> yeah. they put them on all the hospital beds. So if you piss yourself, it doesn't ruin the mattress. <laughs> anyway, so we found a factory in China that um is already making a very very similar product and obviously we just stamp our label on it and it's just like a wholesale product anyway and it's it's an undershirt that stops your sweat patches showing your underarms really mm. fucking straightforward now we don't sell i i barely break even on it like i've got my shopify and i run a few ads here and there but it's mostly just to i kept it going because i'm like i always want something on the side just because I hate it when people, I, like I work in a big agency, we've got like 80,000 staff, our agency. In Australia Whoa, 80,000 staff? Yeah, there's there's four four companies that essentially do 95% of all the marketing in the world. Whoa. Um, it's like the big foreign finance. It's like there are four companies that get all the business mm. and we happen to be one of them. And we so they buy up all the little agencies. So if you, it's in Adelaide or something, you get 50 staff as a an independent agency. One of the big boys or the big girls comes knocking on your door and says, how much? Is it and listed? Buy... The company you work for, is it listed? Uh, yeah, it's in France. It was before COVID. It was a 12 billion euro company. 
and now it's at about eight, I think. Because hmm. like those big listed companies, like if they buy you out at a multiple, you're in the dollars. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> we, just, we just bought a new agency in, in New Zealand like six or eight months ago. Those guys, I met them at the Christmas party um, in Sydney hmm. and our, our head office is in Sydney. And these guys were like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you, you uh, I think the point was, is I, we have these people at work, they're constantly like, oh, here's an idea, blah, 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 this is a great idea. And I'm like, but have you ever done it? <laughs> like, do you actually have any skin in the game of like, knowing that this strategy or recommendation you're making to a client is going to spend thousands and thousands of millions of dollars on mm. this ad campaign mm. or strategy, and you have no fucking proof. Like you might have conceptual proof or theoretical proof or, oh, we did it to this different client over here. I just want to make sure that if I'm ever actually saying something to my client and most of my life is Google ads, um, mm. like SEM and I'm like, so I do it myself because I want to actually know that if someone asks me, I have real skin in the game. I'm like, yes, I actually financially have committed to yeah. learning that this process works. It doesn't work for all businesses. That's fine. I'm very transparent about that as well. But a lot of businesses, particularly we work with the big, big companies, it's, it's a really good part of their business, but they have to get it right. Mm. that's why I try to get my foot in the water yeah um have you ever thought have you ever crossed your mind the idea of like making an agency and trying to get it bought out by your company fuck that I have some, <laughs> I've had side hustle clients before I know fucking Gary V he loves the side hustle mm. I, I I'm not big on that whole rah-rah motivational part of the world because I like skin in the game for the most part but I do respect Gary V massively because he's not bullshit mm. and uh my own agency i've got had side hustle clients and it is the worst thing in the world it's like i you, i don't even want your money like they pay you really fucking well like i was making like an extra 30 percent of my salary mm. just on the side with one client mm. and i'm like i can get three of these make my own salary and i'd only need to work two days a week mm. but i was like that sounds like hell like the sh dealing with that shit is the worst fucking thing in the world. You mean like, it. um, like the, I guess it's all on you, isn't it? Like the results, oh, no, the results, the I, risk. It's not that I don't want the, um, accountability. I love accountability. I think it's, it's real. It, it, you, you put your word where your mouth is or whatever that saying is. Um, <laughs> but the way I view it is, I'm sure we'll get there later on in our chat, but it's, um, I see agencies and there are certain other businesses as well that it's, they don't actually have any, I know I've used this term. I just finished reading a book on it, a skin in the game. I think it's actually called that good mm. book. It's pretty fucking like intellectual, mm. a little bit above my, my pay grade, <laughs> but, um, it's these businesses. Like I could do the worst job ever and there's a pretty good chance we still get paid or we could do a fucking fantastic job and we're still going to get paid the same amount. Now yep. sure. Doing a good job. You might win di different bits of these big clients and all that stuff. Yep. But, my thing with agencies is they have no skin if this thing succeeds or fails. Mm. So the only way they succeed is signing up more clients. The, the part of the business that they say they're trying to do for you isn't the bit that actually mitigates their success or failure. Their success is do we have more revenue next month than we did last month or next year than last year? And they have revenue by getting clients, not mm. by actually succeeding for those yeah, clients. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, you know, I don't know how far you've gone in the whole um, like ClickFunnels ecosystem. Um, mm. It's really something that I feel like I've done a whole lap around the world and back in terms of me mm -hmm. understanding what they do, what they stand for, their business models and yep. stuff. Um, one thing at their top end that I've noticed that they do 
is because um, they've got, of course, their top end. They've got the, you basically they've got the books and they've got the software for the people who want to dabble themselves. Yep. They've got the coaching in the middle. Up the yep. top, they've got that like million dollar offer kind of thing where it's like um, convert your pre existing business to fully online through our funnel software and yep. will drastically increase your revenue, right? Yep. Um, and I'm not sure if they always do it, but or whether they are selective with who they pick or whether that's yep. just them being selective and they always do it, however they do it. But, but basically like what they do is they say, um, you pay like a deposit of say 100K and then yep. um, we, we take uh, whatever it is, 10% out until we get our 900K back um, yep. so we hit a million dollars, right? Or they do it an equity stake um, where they say, mm -hmm. we'll take 10% plus this yes, because they're so confident in it. Um, yep. And then, you know, you're just like, let's do it, you know, because yep. like they've, they've got they've got massive skin in the game. They want to get yep. paid too. They want to make their almost partnership, really. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, except I'm, I'm not cautious of those promises. I just know what it looks like from the inside. So I think the understanding is I, I don't know ClickFunnels business model. I've, I, I've used their product heaps for clients. Like they're great for plumbers and electricians because, hey, you've got a block drain in wherever you are, fill out your details, we'll get a plumber to come out. Really, really, I actually love their product, really good product. And in terms of that million dollar business thing, I'm like, that's a, in my mind, that's a piece of marketing for them to prove to smaller businesses, hey, you should be on our platform because they're not going to promise the smaller businesses, we guarantee, that's always the big word, we guarantee this thing. But they go to a select few big businesses, they say, look, we'll actually put our money where our mouth is and back you. But they won't back anyone. Like big, big no, they won't back any. And I see it as a marketing ploy for them, but it's still cool. They take a good thing. Mm -hmm. But where I'm getting that is in agency world, that also exists. So we pitched for four pillars, the gym. Mm -hmm. And that was our pitch was, we don't want a retainer. We want a percentage of every sale and we'll work for you for free. Because we genuinely believe we're like, they just got bought by, um, I think it was Lion Nathan or C, one of the big alcohol companies just bought them in Australia. And we were like, we personally love their product. I'm like, it's a really, really cool brand. Mm -hmm. We saw that they've got the special sauce, that little, that there's something mm -hmm. you can't define in marketing. It's like they've got something and you know why it's working. You can't always describe it. Ooh. And we literally went to them and we said, we said we'll work for, and then on the pitch deck, it said free was crossed out and said gym. And they're like, we're literally, we just want a commission, no, no retainer, no pay our staff. But they said no, because they knew that they hold the power here. They don't want to give up that business because they're like, we know we've got something better. We would prefer to pay you the 200K mm. than commit to potentially yeah. losing 5 million in 10 years. Yeah, time. it's almost like the whole Shark Tank thing, really. Um, yeah, if it, my, my, honest, my honest belief after the business studying that I've done in like excruciatingly the last two years is like that there is some formula for e-commerce or funnels for yeah. pretty much any business model, like regardless of how you're either doing it to get leads, you're doing it to get sales, you're doing it to mm -hmm. like get your foot in the door to something else, but there's a way to play it, right? It's mm -hmm. just an online version of everything else you do in person. Yeah. Um, and I just went blank there for a second. <laughs> you keep uh, thinking. I yeah. do agree with you on the but, final But um, what I was going to say was like, yeah, like if the guy's on Shark Tank, um, if they knew how to make awesome break-even funnels, they wouldn't be on that show at all. They'd just be putting, exactly. like, plugging their product in, letting it run for a year, 
don't need VC funding. You know, it's, yeah. it's actually the ClickFunnels story itself of how he never took VC funding because he had a he had a profitable funnel that was generating leads, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so he turned down VC funding despite his top competitors had hundreds of millions of bucks. And um, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty intense story. Yeah. There's one asterisk that I don't think most people know about Shark Tank is if you go on Shark Tank and you your episode is played, they take 5% of your equity, irrespective if you get a deal or not. So most people don't even, so one of my competitors for the undershirt actually got funded on Shark Tank. Most businesses don't go on Shark Tank to get the money. There are VC, there's equity firms everywhere. If you've got a great business plan, a solid um, P&L, and you can show growth, you, you're getting funding. Like it's it's not, it's not difficult, but I've never personally got funding myself, but a friend's got funding and he's like, you got 50K and like, it's not hard if you've got a real business plan. But the reason you go on Shark Tank is because millions and millions and millions of people watch it. You get to, if you get funded, you get to use that person's name in your marketing on your website. Mm. Um, but irrespective of that, you give 5% equity to the network as a fee to go on the show, which I don't think most people realize. Yuck. I think it's 5%. Someone fact check me, hashtag fact check, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's yuck. But I agree. If you don't need funding, <laughs> but, don't get funding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. That's um, it's one of the whole like there's there's you know there's these different cultures in online business, and there's the whole like there's one like there's there's obviously the traditional kind of like Silicon Valley style where they're just like, how can we just show growth even if we're just losing money and and so we can get funding yeah. so we can be a billion dollar company so we can just cash out and you know, it's like the most weird way in my opinion. Like when you learn thought about business when you're a kid, you're like, yeah. A business has a store and they make money and then you open another store you know they're like yeah. how can we like get people on their platform for free without making any money so we can just sell out at a high valuation and then just make a quarter billion dollars and then leave and it's like what <laughs> like it's it's like how do you engineer yeah. that and then um there's also the flip side which is like the the almost like fundamentalist business people who are just like no no no, no. customer profit problem you know, ROI, like, you know, it's just very straight down the line, yeah. very, you know, um, yeah. and these people, and there's the people like ClickFunnels where they're just like, you know, it's almost like they're aggressively in their cult, like they'd kick you out if you got funding. Like, you know, it's, um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting stuff. I see two sides to that as well. It's my old boss, great dude, really good at the the hustle, like the, the entry point of business was he always said, and I see business in two, I think there are two kinds of companies. I'm sure I'm black and whiting it all, but is you've got companies and what my boss used to say was the company that can afford to pay the most mm. to buy a new customer oh, yeah. will always win. Dan and I, I lived in this world for years because we were doing, we were a lead generation agency, like for, for SMEs, um, like insulation, plumbing, all that stuff, which is where I cut my teeth in the marketing world was like, I have a business and I need, let's say hundred people a day need to walk through the door, virtually phone, whatever they need to walk through the door to engage with us because we know we can sell say 30% of them and then they make their money mm. and it's great. And it's like, cool. How much can we pay to get those 30% and how much revenue are they going to be worth? And I went through this whole world and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm dealing with big businesses. So my main clients are uh, at the moment, um, are FCA, which is Jeep, Fiat, Chrysler, Alpha. So they're, they're huge in America, not so big here in Australia. Um, and GSK, uh, is one of the biggest clients. That's the big pharmaceutical companies. These are the people that they view it in almost the opposite ways. They don't look to pay how much I can pay to acquire a customer. They have a different business model, which is people almost pay them to get their product. It's, it's a customers are so verbal and passionate about the thing that they like force their friends to go and buy it. 
So they don't necessarily view it the same way as like, how much can I pay to buy a new customer to use my multivitamin or toothpaste? Mm. They go as, I need to get this in front of as many people as possible because I know that people are going to bash down their friends' doors to be like, this is a great product. You should use this. Really? Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird world. Like it flipped my whole brain going from small business, cost per lead, blah, blah, yeah. blah, to real lifetime value. They're You're really challenging my views gone. there. Cause like I, cause I was the opposite. Like I was like, um, I started off probably not as in depth as what you are talking about with understanding of the strategy, but my, my, yeah. my starting point was like, yeah, you have your money or your um, retained earnings and then you you decide on a marketing budget and then you get yep. as many leads and attention as possible and then you convert them as good as possible and you deliver as good as possible and, and then yep. you make a lot of money. Um, but then I was introduced to this whole like um, Dan Kennedy style marketing that you mentioned where cost to a, yep. like co the most you can pay to acquire a lead is, is the CAC. The yeah. CAC is the best word the in CAC. all the business. The CAC cost to acquire oh, uh, CAP cost to acquire a paying yep. customer. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the cost of acquiring customer. But I, 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 the P is the asterisk. It's a good asterisk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so basically, and, that, and this, is the, this is the school of thought, like all my, this is my audience. This is what I'm leading them towards. So I'm interested yeah. in what value we can glean from yeah. that side of thinking because like I'd be steering them to the scientific way of how can we get those numbers just right so you know how much you can spend and then you can take yeah. that budget, plug it into wherever you want, you know. But I'm yeah. interested in what we can learn from this. So I, I do want to get back to there. So don't let me drop it about the, the CAC and all that stuff because that is vital. Like you need your accountants to be informing you of most of these things. But I think the, the bit I always try to make sure with people realizing is successful businesses, there's so much luck. Like you, you can try to formulate it and want to formulate it, but there's something that I've I, I challenge my bosses every time we launch a new campaign. If it's in my department of the search or if it's social or media or TV or radio, whatever it is, like the, what, what the way that the customer is being communicated to, I always say, and there's usually a goal of like, how many cars are we going to sell? How many registrations or blah, blah, blah. And I literally get the whiteboard out and I say to all of the, the big dicks in the room, say, cool, what, what, what's, what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I write a number that I'm just literally how much. And I get them to all write it at the end of every single campaign. No one's even remotely right. Like no one has even the slightest clue of how it's going to work, hmm. but the business keeps coming back because they know they can't describe it. But they know they have something inside of their, their structure, their organization, their product, their brand that just sells shit. Then the example I want to give is Facebook has run one ad ever. Once again, hashtag fact check me. I remember <laughs> it was, I think it was after they floated, they ran one single ad ever. And this is my whole thing of like, if your business works, you don't need to advertise to get customers. Your yeah. customer should, it's like, what are the, I think it's the R number with COVID is if one person gets it, how many other people are going to catch it from them? Mm. I think they call it the R number. Mm. And I think COVID is like a 2.7 or something like that. Meaning for every person that gets it, 2.7 other people are going to get it from mm. them. Mm. And I see this in businesses, like some businesses just work the founder was super creative. They understood something. She or he, great idea. Or they, them, also all inclusive. Um, working marketing is so weird. It's like we're like fucking hardcore about all this shit, but we're like the most like friendly culture vibe. <laughs> it's, really, it's really interesting. I'll yeah. call someone a fuckhead, but I'll be like, but I love they. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, the point I'm trying to get at 
um, I feel like I'm ranting, is uh, right, go for it. Yeah, these businesses like Facebook never paid for a customer hmm. because they, they trip, not trips, they, they showed people this exciting, exclusive thing. So yeah. when I told their friends and their college, and that was back in obviously when it launched. Hmm. And then the entire flip side of that is businesses that are entirely made on CAC, which I, I'm going to put Amazon in that bucket for a minute in the early days. You know Amazon what? Was, yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll wrap up super quick. Uh, no, no, Amazon was don't. the biggest buyer of Google Ads in the first like six years of Amazon's life. They were spending like 150 million US a year on Google Ads. They they still spend a lot, but it's diversified now. But the whole point is, is the flip side is we've got this product that never needs to do any marketing because people are just coming to buy it, drugs. And then you've got the exact opposite business, which is I'm just thinking of it now is like either insurance businesses or these like compare the market. I select is. We've got a million dollars a month to spend on ads. We need to sell $8 million of policies to pay it off and make a profit is they only care. Like banks are a really good example as well is particularly when they're doing product sale is they know they can't pay more than $300 to buy a customer, a paying customer. Otherwise their business model goes to the floor. So I think you're totally right. There are two really gleaming sides to this equation mm. and you've got to understand this business's goal if you have customers just coming through the door without doing any ads mm. you're doing something right mm. but if you also figure this part out which most businesses eventually have to figure out to scale because mm-hmm. most for people sure. have to pay for ads who's going to fund it if they don't understand what's happening <laughs> exactly but this yeah. is the point is i think this is where your your expertise and what you're trying to become the professional at is understanding this part is cool we know our expenses are 100 grand a month, whatever it is, you've got your staff, you've got your team. Mm. We need to sell 400 grand a month to pay for it and make margin. Mm. That's CAC is CAC. It's mm. fucking, it's the most important thing you'll ever do. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, there's a lot of pearls of wisdom in there. And I want to make a bold attempt to actually help define where I think your question mark is in this business model you were talking about before. Yeah. You're talking about the thing that kind of just. That you, the, the part that intrigued me was the R number. Um, yeah. Because like, so I don't know if you've read, you probably haven't read yet, it's a new one, Traffic Secrets by, I feel like I'm with some Russell Brunson like, affiliate right now, but like, yeah. well, I'll put all the links in the description. Use the affiliate link. Um, I actually do have affiliate links, but I'll, maybe I'll put them in the screen, who knows, but that wasn't yeah. the plan. But basically like, um, so Traffic Secrets, the, the one of the core premises of that book, um, yeah. the way I read it is like, they have, have you come across the Dream 100? No, you got to get on that. You, like so, and what is it? Do 